1: to this one question. Not everybody, but some people. Ew. What makes you angry? Oh yeah. What injustice that you see makes you angry? What yeah. problem is it that you were born to solve? Yes. A lot of times it's attached to that also.
0: That's gold. I think you've sharing that. Uh, uh, I searched all over the world, struggling to find it. Then I remember boy, David E. Simon. Yeah, I searched all over the world, struggling to find it. Then I remember boy, David E. Simon. Yeah, discover my gift, Yeah, yeah, Discover my gift, yeah, yeah. But David E. Simon. Yeah. I am so honored for you all to join us today on another episode of How I Discover My Gift with yours truly, David D. Simons. We have an amazing guest, uh, amazing entrepreneur, friend. I'm honored to call her friend and she is going to blow your minds. I just already know that. So I just want to take a moment to give you a little background on Trista Sue Craw. Um, She is the owner and operator of the Bayfront Inn in Naples, Florida, and she utilizes her 20 plus years of hotel experience as an international business leadership and international inspirational speaker. As a protege of the late Dr. Miles Monroe, the practical principles she shares have proven to be very successful through the recession and even in her involvement in launching her husband's architecture firm during the same period of economic decline. Due to their testimony, they are found in many closed countries teaching time-tested business principles to various religions. After the transition of Dr. Miles Monroe in November 2014, the plans to open an office based on the vision of leading to transform culture and influence change through, international, int- sorry, through int- intentional leadership training was realized in February 2015. Trista is an alumni of Oral Roberts University and trains leaders at the Bayfront Inn. She's also the president and founder of the Kingdom Community International, a global leadership training network, and also the founder of Agents of Change. Her husband, Matthew Crawl, is an awarding, award-winning architect with his own firm, M.H. KAP and a competitive golfer. They recently sold their first restaurant, Timeless, in Naples, Florida, and they are proud parents to their son, Maverick, and their daughter, Shiloh. Welcome to the show, Trista.
1: Thank you, David. It's truly a pleasure of mine to be here with you.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. Well, let's jump right in, Trista. I'm just so honored to have you on. You're a remarkable person, a remarkable woman of God, and just you do so many great things. And uh, I think that listeners are going to get so much out of your story. So let's let's jump into that. Let's jump into the journey. Uh, take us, and I know that's a, a a a very broad question, but take us through the journey as best as possible from from your youth and to now, and in, in your whole process of discovering yourself.
1: Well, I wanna relate my story in a way that people can understand theirs. Um, I believe that, and there's a scripture in Acts that says we were born at a certain time, at a certain place, for such a time as this, and it's not by accident. We're born in this century, where you were born, and the parents you were born to. And a lot of times, you know, when you can't wait to get out of your parents' house, you wanna get on with your life, but I have to tell you, God gave your parents to you for a reason and the environment that you grew up in in for a specific reason whether it was an extremely negative traumatic environment God will use that for your purpose or, or if it was more of an ideal environment per se so a lot of times we have resentment about our childhood looking back on it. But we have to understand God will use everything for his plan and his purpose for your lives. So we cannot neglect that portion of our lives. Now, that being said, I cannot tell you since I've discovered my purpose and my gifting, how much weight that has had on my life because, you know, I have a very um, tough father. You, You could... Relate to maybe as a military sergeant, very demanding, very disciplined and not a good communicator, no emotions. <laughs> and, you know, it, it, it's it been challenging on many areas. And then with my mother, um, she was the complete opposite. And my father being a workaholic and my mother was just in the church day and night for the reason to save her marriage. So then you have children and they are, they get the best of both worlds, hopefully. You garner that you learn from the mistakes and that carries into your adulthood. Now I have to tell you, I, I take all the good from my father and my mother and I apply that to my purpose, to my gifting and fostering it because it was for a reason. So we cannot negate that. Because sometimes, you know, and I have to I have to be very frank with you. Um I I am a product of uh, you know premarital sex and they weren't married, they were very young, my parents at 21. And my grandfather, on my father's side, his father, gave my mother five hundred dollars to have me aborted. Mm. And even, and I thank God that that was thwarted. She refused to take the money. She refused to do that. And I thank God for that. But, you know, a lot of times these things, you know, when you're growing up and you're in adolescence, I want to speak to the people that perhaps think, you know, nobody wanted me because that spirit of rejection does come in. Um, There's really no place for me. I wasn't wanted, I am a product, you know, some, some people a product of incest, some people are a product of uh, uh, premarital sex, some people are adopted. So these, these things we struggle with, and a lot of times if we don't deal with them, they become baggage and it's very hard to actually jump on the bandwagon of gifting and purpose with all this baggage that, I'm not wanted, feelings of self-rejection, rejection. rejection. Um, But that's why I have to bring up a scripture that has helped me tremendously. It's found in Job 36, uh, verse five. It says, God is mighty, but despises nobody. That word despise means ignores. He ignores nobody. He takes an interest in every single person, that he created, remember we came from God. Our spirits came from the spirit of God. That is why he is our father. He is our source and sustainer. So the, the scripture continues, he is mighty and firm in his purpose. So in essence, I want to address that God has an interest in everybody. No matter how you were conceived, But you were born for a purpose, and God will not ignore it. He will personally engage his power to get it done in your life. And this is key. And this was something I had to work through my teenage, my college years. You know, there's times you were very emotional during that time. Your brain is still developing. Peer pressure, hormones, all these changes. And you're like, listen, you know, they wanted me aborted or somebody in my family wanted me aborted. And even though we didn't understand that, our spirits pick up on these things in the womb. So I want people to understand if that's why you're dealing with some things, God has a purpose. He knitted you in the womb for a purpose and he will not ignore that. Um, so that's one of the keys that helped me get to into my adulthood. So there's no such thing as an illegitimate baby, only illegitimate parents. (laughs) We are all coded for certain gifts. So we came equipped with our gifts. We are wired for success. He wired us in our mother's womb. So I want to start with that because that was something I dealt with and had to overcome. So if you listening and you have not dealt with those things, you need to address them because rejection is a very hard emotion to break through. If you don't have the skills and the tools, get help. Because with that baggage, it's challenging. So bringing me into um, my, my college years, I'll never forget there was a young Bahamian. He was in graduate school. And he was friends. I was friends with everyone on the track team. And most of them were from Jamaica and Bahamas. And they were so friendly. I got along with all of them. And that became, you know, I started hanging out with them. And one of them, um, he had a Bible study. And he invited me to his Bible study. And I said, sure. And I remember he was studying under, he went to uh, Bahamas Faith International, Bahamas, Pop, Dr. Miles Monroe's church in the Bahamas. So he was talking about purpose. He was talking about these things. And of course, that was right around the time Dr. Miles had written his purpose book. So I remember studying that and learning about that. But I'm going to tell you something. What impacted me more than anything was one time, it was Wednesday night, he held his um, Bible studies. He says, Trista, I want you to share a little bit next time we meet next Wednesday. And I was like, really? Okay, I'll see what I can do. I'll see, I'll talk to the Holy Spirit, I'll see what he wants to be said, and I'll come up with something. <laughs> and I have to tell you, David, I will to this day, I could cry right now thinking about it. I will never forget the feeling I had the first time I ever talked. Mm-hmm. I'm a teacher. That's my gifting, and I've used that in my purpose. You know, you can be a teacher, but a your purpose is different, and I'll never forget that feeling. I became alive, and I don't know how else to describe it. But it was like I felt that I I, I felt that sweet spot.
0: That
1: just that sweet spot. I don't know how else to d- describe it. I was like, wow. I was surprised because I was very shy. I still am by, by nature. I'm an introvert. But when I started teaching. It's like I become somewhat of an extrovert. I become alive, I share and I'm very transparent and I'll talk about anything. I have no secrets, nothing to hide. And it was just, I'll never forget that night. So graduating from college, I came back home and they asked me to, uh, to start and lead a new division of the church called College and Career. And I said, I would love to do that. I just graduated from college. I can relate. And I had that one experience that I'll never forget. So I said yes, because I had experienced that sweet spot. And then I started teaching on purpose. I read Dr. Miles' book on purpose and I started teaching and I walked through everybody. It was a very small group, maybe, you know, six or seven of us, which is good. It's a great place to start. And I loved it. Now, faculty. Fast forward 15 years or so, running a hotel, going through a recession in 2008, I'm going to say fast forward 10 years, somebody asked me to teach in a Christian chamber of commerce because they had come to me at the hotel. The president of the chamber came to me to the the hotel once and asked for some advice during the recession. Mm -hmm. And I was just learning all about the benefits of crisis from Dr. Miles Monroe and understanding and applying them in the hotel, applying them. We launched my husband's firm during the crisis and I was sharing with her everything I had learned and we were doing and the success we were having at the hotel and my husband starting his own firm. She says, Tristan, will you teach at the business chamber of commerce? And I said, yes, I will. So I helped her with her issues. And she wanted me to share. David, I will never forget. She put me on a three-city three, three city tour, okay? Wow. <laughs> Out in Fort Myers. And then the next week, she says, you got to teach in Naples. And the next week was in Orlando. <clears throat> I taught in that business atmosphere, and I became alive. It was like this is what I was born to do. Oh, my goodness. Trista's found the sweet, sweetest spot. <laughs> But here I was catapulted into an environment that was conducive to my gifting, Mm. but it was up to me to discover my purpose through my gifting. But it was all because of those experiences of my past where I had been put in that environment and somebody else had given me an opportunity to actually engage in my gifting. And I honestly, David, to this day, believe that is the key. And I ask people, I love asking people, like there's this one lady that was my doula. Mm -hmm. That's somebody who helps with childbirth. (laughs) And she's now my massage therapist. And she was a professional ballet um, dancer in the German Ballet uh, company, and she's from Massachusetts. She's in her 60s now, so she's clearly retired. And I and I talked to her a lot about these things. You know, mm-hmm. she's massaging me. Yeah. And I said, when did you know that you wanted to be a ballet dancer?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, she's Buddhist. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. I'm still, you know, these same principles still apply. Mm-hmm. And she said, Trista, I was 13, and our school went to a, um, a school trip to the ballet theater in in boston right by her home and i watched that dance on the stage and something in me stirred and i knew that was it i knew at 13 this was what i wanted to do with my life i went and i started ballet lessons i had to get a scholarship we didn't have the money she moved to europe at 16 she was so good and then she was off to the races at 16 in Europe <laughs> wow. and became a professor ballet. but she was exposed to that environment mm. and, it, and it sparked something in her. Same as with me. So David, this is the key. And I believe as parents, this is the fundamental truth of life. Our role as parents are to provide a safe environment for our children for the trees to become a forest, for their giftings to blossom and bear fruit, for them to discover for themselves their purpose. But my role as a parent is to foster whatever gifting, whatever passion it is that they gravitate towards. Now you have to understand with children and with adults who haven't discovered their gifting, that you can have many interests or hobbies, as we call them. Yes. My son likes different things. He's eight. My daughter likes different things. She's a little younger. She's four. But I I watch my son, and there's one thing he always gravitates towards since he was three. Hmm. And it's right here. I left it on my shelf for everybody to see. If you're on the podcast, you can't see, but in my office, There is an area, he does his homework, but it's also an area where he fosters his gift of drawing. He loves to illustrate. He loves to draw. Now, his father is a very extremely gifted architect. So I can see where that comes down through the bloodline. Mm -hmm. But you can't assume, and we never put pressure on him, you will be an architect. Trust me. I have, not, honey, you do not have to be an architect. You can be a, a rodeo bull rider for all I care. Whatever you were born to do, you will be great and you will make an influence for the kingdom of God. So we never put pressure on him. I never to, I never assume I know what his purpose is. I never assume to know exactly what his gifting is, but I have a very good idea. And I foster that. I can buy him empty sketchbooks. Mm. I, I bought him 10 sketchbooks for Christmas once. That was the best gift. Mom, thank you so much. I love, you know, not all these toys and these gadgets, and they, they play with them for a day, and then they're sitting in the closet. I bought him a stapler. So we get, we get pieces of paper and staple them together, and he does books. He just does illustration books. And the creativity with his mind. That's all he wants to do. Look at that. And so my job is to foster that and to create that environment. And there's other thing, he likes his Legos. He likes his other, but nothing like drawing. And so every now and then I'll say, you know, you can be, we were watching a movie that just came out and they had the behind the scenes of the movie and the illustrators. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's Pixar and Disney and all this. And then the Macy's Day Parade, Thanksgiving was yesterday. And they had the behind the scenes. I said, Matthew, it takes artists to do all this, creative people to pr- produce these floats and draw them and come up and create. And I said, in the branding and illustration, like there's this, just a whole world. You could do cartoons. I don't care what <laughs> whatever you want to do, yeah. you know, you will flourish and God will bless it. And you will be an influence in that area.
0: I really love this. This is so powerful. Just, uh, I mean, you're you're really educating parents. You're educating people. Now, going back to a few things, how you were able to, you've gotten the understanding of how to cultivate these things that Maverick is already drawn towards, and you had the experience of um, having an opportunity to to teach, and that exposed you. How does the person that doesn't have, you know, an exemplary parent like you um if they're a young child listening or if they're a young adult or if they're even an adult listening that how do they foster that environment for themselves how do they create that uh experience so that they can um tap into their gifts And let's say they don't have that person that gives them an opportunity or points out something they see how do you think that they can go about developing that gift well the
1: beautiful thing about being an an adult is you have the control of fostering your own environment and so i believe number one that the key is awareness self-awareness i am dissatisfied with my life i don't feel fulfilled what is wrong and that's why most people go to substance abuse things that can fill that hole in their heart per se immaterial items shopping i mean there's just you know the whole gamut so I believe it's going back to thinking about what you enjoy doing as a child. You will see the Dominican Republic, these kids that have nothing, and they become world-renowned baseball players because they had a stick and a ball or a soccer player down in Brazil from the back jungles, per se. Um, So even though we may not have resources or environment, Still there's that passion there's that something you've tapped into at some point in your life and maybe your parent says no you can't have a set of drums but you really wanted to be a drummer <laughs> you can't take it out you may find no nope, that's not a passion for instance i love playing volleyball i lived and dreamed it i thought that was it like that was but after college and playing beach volleyball my my cousin she is an Olympian volleyball player, she's with Carrie Welsh. she's played in Brazil, beach volleyball. She was going to Tokyo till the coronavirus, but she's matched with Carrie Walsh, the number one in the world. So we have that propensity in our family towards athletics as well, but that wasn't my purpose, but for my cousin, it is. Mm -hmm. So I had to understand that's a hobby, not my life's purpose, even though I'm gifted in athletics. So you may want to tap into You know, you get these people that they just doodle and draw and you don't understand, you'd be doing that at work when you're supposed to be working and you're drawing or something. So it's like, what do you dream of doing when you're on the job? What is that daydream that you have that you can't let go? And then take a class or read a course on it or, you know, intern in it on the side or have, uh, you know, if you know a friend in the industry And you can go and see what it's like for a weekend or a day or two, you know, whatever that area is and see if it truly is a passion. But you never know unless you put in that environment. But as an adult, we can create that. The problem is we've usually been educated out of ourselves by adulthood. It's never too late. You know, I was kind of college um, and, and and. in adulthood when i discovered mine per se but still i have to tell you another thing that being said seven years into running the hotel uh, is my family's hotel i was a general manager i was running it i was very disheartened because i had this concept i said i cannot face god when it's all said and done and he says what did you do with your life And my response would be, I put heads in Mm. beds. So I resigned three times from the hotel. And at one point we had other partners and I resigned. I was like, I I, I can't do this with my life. I've given seven years of it. I'm 26, 27. I'm like, no, this is not what I have for my life. Mm. Every time God shut those doors.
0: Mm.
1: He shut the doors. Three times I tried. Whoa! And so I, I had to come to terms with, darn it, I'm here. This is what <laughs> God has for me. <laughs> now on the side, I started teaching Bible studies in the church and that filled that fulfillment for me mm. until I discovered the kingdom. And then I went more so. But I have to tell you, looking back 25 years now, God had me in that environment of the hotel to learn business skills, people skills. I had to learn how to have discernment with people, with salespeople, with guests, you name it. Um, I, I learned so many life skills from managing a hotel. You have to understand there's many departments in hotels. A lot of things I had to learn from the bottom up. And it has served me well when it comes to Teaching the kingdom, when it comes to teaching business people the kingdom, it's very relatable. I know where they're coming from. Um, so sometimes we're stuck in an area like Joseph, was in the pit, was in prison, but all of that served the purpose and plan that God had for him on the road to his throne. Second, He was vice president of Egypt, second in command. So we cannot negate the process when it comes to cultivating our gift, the environment God has us in. Now, listen, sometimes the environment is not good or not healthy and we need to get out. My environment was fine. I just had bigger aspirations than managing a hotel. Um, So you have to use discernment. I would get advice, you know, thank God for mentors. Thank God for people that are close to us get godly advice also when it comes to transitioning. So we don't say jump ship, jump job from one job to another. No, feel it out. Feel in an area that's always in.
0: A- oh, wow, wow. That's powerful, Trista. um So your dominant gift, correct me if I'm wrong, your dominant gift is teaching. And your, you, but you are also, very you know creative you you have a lot of different things that you're able to do but you you said something earlier about how it fit into your purpose you you there's so this gift fits into your purpose and you knew that you were athletic you could you could have easily been on the same levels and, and done that so what would you say to that person who's you know struggling because they are good at multiple things like yourself they are talented in multiple areas, and they want to do their purpose. They want to, they want to like you said, um, they don't want to skip steps in the process, but they're struggling with that. Like, how do I know which one to go to in that journey?
1: It's not difficult. You usually have to become childlike again. Childlike in your thinking, what did I enjoy as a child? Um, You know, people have been through trauma. They're just, that's all they see. And that's how they view their life is through that trauma. You have to deal with those issues. I'm speaking from experience from people that I know that are stuck there emotionally when they were traumatized. So deal with these things. But, you know, I have a whole mentorship program, which is all encompassing of this. But in the mentorship program of twenty five lessons, units, only two address purpose because it's not complicated. Mm. But usually you have to sit and think, and most people don't spend the time to sit and think, especially in our culture in America. So many people pulling from us, so many demands. We have two or three jobs. You know, there's a lot going on, pandemic, but I've always... Um, encourage people during the pandemic. A lot of people have more time on their hands per se, except if you children, you're even busier now. And now is the time to really uh, work on yourself, have self-discovery. And we have 12 questions that we give everybody, but I'll break it down. What is the thing that brings you the greatest fulfillment in life? I'm not talking about fishing. It could be fishing if you want to be professional charter boat guy, that's fine. But you know, it's not the bowling, the fishing, the knitting, not these hobbies per se, but what truly brings you the greatest fulfillment? It may be serving in an area in your community. It may be a cook. I've seen people use their cooking skills uh, in in their community to engage in um, underprivileged children and give them a sense of purpose. And teach these skills through that. So don't think anything is, is off limits. You know, look at the influence Martha Stewart has. And then she teamed up with Snoop Dogg on some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so what gives you the greatest fulfillment? Yeah. That's your gifting. Um, what would you do if you had no money at all? And there was no, I mean, not if you didn't have any money, but what if nobody gave you money to do it? You know, I I don't get paid to teach. Nobody pays me, but I do it because I love it. I feel fulfillment and I see the fruit of it. And that's the key. I see the fruit of it in other people's lives and then they are influencing other people. So what would you do even if you never got paid? Um, What ideas are constantly persistent when you're quiet enough to listen to yourself? Whoa. But we have to get quiet. We have to sit. So for instance, when I went through the mentorship program with Dr. Miles Monroe, you know, he gave us these 12 questions and you have to sit and think. And I went through the 12 questions and all 12 questions pointed to one thing. And this is one I want to say. Jesus said only a few things in life are necessary. You have to narrow your life down to the lowest common denominator. What is that one thing? If you spent your life doing, give you great fulfillment and you could leave as your mark on the earth, what is that one thing look like? Mm. And as you find, as you're going through the process over the years, you start narrowing it even more so because at first we write our purpose, our vision. It's like, oh my gosh, all these things, we got to narrow it down. What's that one thing when I'm gone? What's that one thing I left on the earth? What is that? Well, mine's the mentorship program, the curriculum, the teaching, formal teaching of these sort of things. That's what I'm leaving the earth besides my children. Um, so I believe we just have to narrow down. But we have to sit and think. And most people don't take time to do that because we're hooked on Netflix. There's some good shows on there. <laughs> and we get hooked in so we don't have to think.
0: <laughs> That's the problem. That is gold. I, I love how you broke that down. We just gotta, like we said, sit and think. And uh, and, and we're gonna talk more about your Angels and Change program because I, I, I know people need to get, get a hold of this and uh, apply this into their lives. But before we get to that, oh yeah, you have a point?
1: And mm-hmm. one more thing I wanna yeah. say. Sometimes people's gifting purpose is attached to this one question. Not everybody, but some people. Mm. What makes you angry? Oh yeah. What injustice that you see makes you angry? What yeah. problem is it that you were born to solve?
0: Yes.
1: A lot of times, it's attached to that also.
0: That's gold. I thank you for sharing that. Um, so, it, I want us to go to the next step of like we talk a lot about discovery. Now, I would love to talk about the development piece of of what it takes to really. Master your gifts. You you obviously have a level of mastery, a high level of mastery in your gifts, and I I don't think enough uh people understand what's behind, what's the work ethic behind that to get to this level. What was the work ethic to get you 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 know to a world class hotel, hotelier and and world class trainer and world class mom? You know how how do you how do you get? that developed in. So can you talk to us about just the development process of of your gifting, things that you had had to to do in in any areas of of your gifting?
1: You know, David, I have to tell you, that is one of the key questions that most people negate in life. And I put it back, back to the young King David. He was out there tending the sheep for his dad. He was a young boy. He was anointed king. But look at all the lessons that he learned tendering the sheep. He killed the bear. He killed the lion. He was trained to kill the Goliath, which put him on stage. And a lot of times, we don't like that stages of the training. It's behind the scenes. Nobody was out there with David. He had no audience. He had no followers. He had no likes. He was out there by him and God under the stars with his sheep. And he did everything as unto God, not for the applause of people. And I believe that's where we miss it. We say, this is my gifting. We want to print our business cards. We want to put our branding. Let's do our logo. Let's do our website. Here we go. But we negate the process that happens in the dark. Woo. Behind the scenes. Have you seen that show, The Last Dance, the with um, Michael Jordan?
0: Yes. Oh, that was powerful.
1: Phenomenal. I'm going to relate it to that. Dr. Yeah. Miles Monroe met him in an elevator once. And Dr. Miles asked Michael Jordan, have you heard the story? No. He said, what do you attribute your success to? He said, I was up. Practicing basketball at 5 a.m. when everybody else was sleeping. It's the sacrifices that we do behind the scenes to develop and sharpen our gift. You know, we think I'm a, uh, you know, I'm a great singer and you just want to, if I could just get to the voice. If I could just, but you got to work and practice and develop your skill where nobody's watching you but we live in a very, what do they call it? The me generation, the selfie. It's all about me. And it's it's not about going through the process behind the scenes. I'm gonna tell you, I believe that it is God and God alone who will promote you when you're prepared for what he has for you. But a lot of times we try to promote ourselves and we're not ready, but we think I'm so anointed. I should be in charge. Look at me. Who does that sound like? Mm -hmm. That was Lucifer in heaven with God, the most beautiful of angels, right? Mm -hmm. He's the light, the refractions, the reflections, everything. He was gorgeous. The most stunning, stunning. Look at me. Look at me, that, you know, he's the music, the entertainment, and that pride snuck in and faster than anyone knew, boom, he was expelled. He was gone. I mean, it happened. I bet you as soon as he got that thought, as soon, gone. Wow. You can't be in the presence of God and have pride like that. Mm. So a lot of times in our generation and in our culture, we are geared to self promote now i believe if you're doing the preparations when nobody's looking god will promote you at the time remember jesus said the disciples they tried to do this for jesus they tried to promote jesus also they said let's go to the temple there is a celebration going on there's a festival in jerusalem go there do your miracles so they all know you're the messiah Mm-hmm. And his response to them was, any time for you is good. Any time for you. Any time. He says, but it's not my time yet. Mm-hmm. He understood the timing of when it was to be revealed of who he was. Wow. But the disciples, they were amazed at his gifting, the anointing, the miracles, the power he had. Are you kidding me? We got to tell everybody. Mm-hmm. He said, it is not my time yet. But for you, any time is good. That's a problem we have, David. That's a that's a that's a problem.
0: <laughs>
1: Anytime. Papa, I'm gonna do all my videos, and I've seen people, kingdom people, then they get a little revelation like, I'm gonna be this and I'm gonna set up my my backdrop, my glitter, and I'll put the <laughs> music and here I go and listen to me because I, I got I got all the answers. Right. And they fizzle out
0: because mm.
1: they have no roots. They have no roots, mm-hmm. yes. let alone a foundation. So listen, I was teaching just a few people in a church. Numbers didn't matter to me. And I think that's key. Mm-hmm. We want followers. We want to be influencers, which we're called to be when the time is right. We want all these likes. We're geared, you know, the social dilemma where that's, it's fostering that in us. It's making the problem worse. Mm-hmm. Listen, You better preach good to those six people in your church or in your home, wherever it is you're doing. And then when the time is right and you've gone through the process, God will promote you to maybe 26 people if you're ready. That's
0: right. Being faithful (laughs) with you.
1: 56. That's right. I was teaching in my hotel like nobody's business because everybody needs to learn the message of the kingdom. And you know who saw me? You know who saw me? Dr. Miles Monroe plucked me because he saw me and put me in his pulpit. Wow. You know how many people come to him? I want to teach in your kingdom conference. You know, you have to be very careful who you let allow in your pul- pulpit if you're Dr. Miles Monroe. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And let me tell you something. I was faithful. So I have been doing that for years. I've been traveling to the le- little close countries. Lebanon, Beirut, uh, Istanbul, Turkey, wherever Spain. Very humanistic, exposed, taught to atheists, taught to Muslims. I mean, I'm getting some experience. Mm. Thank God there were small groups because it's intimidating. I'm not going to lie. Mm. And then here I am behind Dr. Miles' pulpit for the first time. That's a little bit intimidating. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he's sitting there listening to you. Then, fast forward, I'm in Peru with him. 20,000, I'm not kidding you, a stadium, 20,000. My daughter, come up here. I want want you to tell the people something. He gave me five, six, seven, eight minutes, 20,000. That's intimidating.
0: I'm not going to
1: lie. But, you you know, we want to go from zero to 20,000 people the king by Samuel Mm. did he go running straight to the throne did David go running straight to the throne here I come Saul get out of the way give me your crown give me your robe and your scepter I'm the anointed king you're not fit anymore your kingdom was taken from you because of disobedience what did he do? What did King David? What did that young man David do? As soon as he was anointed king, he went right back watching his father's sheep.
0: Wow! <laughs> Look at that! Wow! That's wow! You're dropping so many gems. Oh my goodness! Um, I, I know. I got a few more questions for you. I, we, you know, we have to do another one of these. Oh, <laughs> um, but but here, So you talked about that. Um, the, the development process. Now, I believe the, the last D is, is the distribution. And I think you've kind of gone through this already, but um, how does one now, after that they've gotten they've developed it to a certain level of mastery, what should they do to distribute that gift to the marketplace, to the uh, church realm, if they're called to that, to what what are the things that a person should do in, the, in that regard? Um, if they're supposed to uh, be in those lanes.
1: Excellent question. The number one thing, and even businessmen, Fortune 500 companies operate with this principle, always give your gift away for free at first. Mm. If it's cooking, if it's, uh, you know, uh, branding, logos, website development, do samples. Even Microsoft. 30-day free exposure for 30 days, and then we cut you off. You see that happening all the time. Free three-day trial. So that's what I recommend. Give it away for free. Let people get a sample of your gifting now that it's developed. Let them get a sample of it. And then if, if it's good, there will be a demand.
0: That's gold. That's gold. I gotta ask you our signature final question. To uh, to you, Tristan. And then I also want to get more information on some of the things that you guys have uh, to, you know, where listeners can get a hold of your resources and and materials. Um, But the question is what is the difference between one's gift and one's purpose? One's gift and one's purpose.
1: Well, first of all, say for instance, I'll use me as an example. I love to teach. I could be a teacher in a institution, in a college. I could teach in a local um, school, elementary school. I could teach in a church. So, but how I use my gifting lined up to my purpose, which is different. Those aren't the environments for my purpose. So you have your gifting, now how are you gonna use it according to your purpose? And everybody's purpose is unique. So, for instance, I'll use an example of my husband. He's gifted drawer. He can carve pumpkins, amazing. <laughs> but he's an architect. He's using his gifting of drawing an architect. My son may be an illustrator for Pixar. He may be or start his own. He won't. He'll be starting his own firm, his own business. <laughs> his life assignment. It may be in illustrations. It may be in a different area than his dad, or it may be the same, but he can use his gifting in an area that lines up to his purpose. My husband's is definitely, he found it without even, you know. well, I'm gonna put it to you this also. As far as my husband's gifting, how he discovered it was his grandmother saw his gift in him and signed him up and paid for art lessons. His parents didn't even see it. They may have saw it, but they didn't do anything about it. But I don't think they had the resources to put him in art lessons, but his grandma did. And a lot of times there's coaches in our lives or teachers that see that gifting. That's, that's what I love movies about people that see that in a child or a young adult and foster towards that. Um, but back to your question. Uh, uh, I think it's, it's uh what was the question uh, the, the uh, oh yes 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 so it can be used in different areas according to your purpose mm-hmm. so with my husband my son perhaps having the same gifting they can use it in different areas um according to their purpose
0: that's cool last uh final question um uh, just could you share about the resources i know you have the age of change agent agent of change movement movement and um and all the things that you got going on, you know, the book, uh, that, you know, uh, get, you know, Epic King's kid. Uh, all oh, so much fun. stuff. I
1: right, get my book, figure it out.
0: Figure it out. That's a good one. It's on
1: Amazon. Figure it out.
0: Okay. We'll, we'll point them to those resources. <laughs> any, 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 uh, aspect you want to, um, just let them know about any. other? Well,
1: resources? Yes. I did develop the mentorship program. It's called the school of influence for agents of change. Um, and so that's a one-year program you can go through it self-paced you can go through it as a group in your house or Bible study per se and it helps you go through the discovery process of understanding your identity your potential your purpose your vision which is key when it comes to it's actually the implementation of your purpose is your vision that's one of my favorite things to teach on and then we give you Kingdom Business Principles also. So you can join us because actually January 1st, we start the virtual component of the mentorship program. And we come meet on a Zoom call every second Saturday of the month. And you go through each lesson. Each lesson is, is you have two weeks to go through it. So you join other people from around the world in the Zoom calls as a community, and you're reading these resources and watching the videos. It's, a, it's an e-course e learning but we go through it as a community.
0: Love it. So where where can they find that? On your personal website?
1: They can go anywhere. They can go tristasee.com, that's easiest to remember, or agentsforchangeinternational.org.
0: Awesome, awesome.
1: Thank you, my friend. It's been a pleasure joining you today.
0: Thank you as well, Trista. We'll be in touch. Keep up the great work, regards to the family, and enjoy your weekend. Thank you. All right. I search all over the world, struggling to find it. Dear listener, I would like to thank you so much for listening to How I Discover My Gift with yours truly, David D. Simons. As a token of my appreciation, I would love to give to you my most important piece of work to date, and it's called the Purpose Gift Tape. It's a motivational mixtape geared towards helping you to identify your gifts, which ultimately lead to you discovering your purpose. This is a six-track album I poured my heart and soul into. It includes beautiful beats and amazing spoken word over it. And I'd love to give that to you as a free gift, as a token of my appreciation for being a part of the community. So to get your copy, all you need to do is go to podcast.daviddsimons.com. That's podcast.david, the middle initial D, Simons, S-I-M-O-N-S.com and get yours today. Thank you for being a listener. I'll catch you on the next episode.